Welcome back to the In Touch podcast, where we share the stories of leaders making a difference and leading the way across the workers' compensation industry. If it's your first time listening, welcome. Today's podcast is special. We have some of our favorite people with us. I'm Annalise, and I'm here today with Mari, Donna, Isa, and today we are speaking with Rosa Royal. Hi, ladies. How are you? Hi, how are you? you? Hi. Good. Good. So we're excited to have Rosa here today. How are you, Rosa? We're doing well, thank you. Awesome, awesome. So we always ask this question when we start our interview, and I think it's a very interesting question. We always ask everyone, like, tell us something interesting that most people do not know about you that you want to share. <laughs> I know, it seems like in the last year and a half, we, we have done so many different Zooms and things. I think there's very little that people now don't know about me. Um, most of it embarrassing. Uh, I don't know. Um, I guess that I'm a butterfly gardener. Oh, that's that's pretty interesting. I never knew that. that. Is. Wow, I love that. I'm How? sure you have a chest of interesting facts, Rosa. Yeah, I actually, that leads me to some other questions. What is that? And can you tell us more? Well, um, let's see. I, interesting facts, I don't know. But um, so butterflies are an umbrella species. So if you can attract butterflies to your garden, then the likelihood is you're also attracting other things that are important for biodiversity. So um, you plant things that will um, attract butterflies for nectar purposes, and you plant but, uh, things that will also attract butterflies for um, uh, breeding purposes. Um, and so um, you have a number of things that you need to have. You, you have some folks that have beautiful yards. I do not have a beautiful yard. <laughs> My spouse hates our yard uh, <laughs> because you you know you drive by somebody's house and it's beautiful it's symmetrical everything is trimmed to you know the same level and there's nothing flying through <laughs> butterflies don't even recognize this as you know they don't recognize the flowers particularly genetically modified things so um you know, when you look out in your garden and something has gotten kind of leggy and too tall and whatever, we think, oh, it's time to trim it or pull it out or something. Um, so I do put things in that attract butterflies and they need to be certain height. Um, a lot of weeds are very important for <laughs> biodiversity. <laughs> And so uh, there's certain weeds that I like, sometimes they win too much and I, and I pair them back and you need a certain amount of height. So that's what, what Heather has an issue with because 
I like the urban meadow concept. So um, I will try and sneak it in and let the grass get like a foot tall, uh, a <laughs> foot and a half. Uh, <laughs> and so um, that's that's when you start to have marital discord. And <laughs> I <over> the lawn. <laughs> the next time that Ozzy tells me anything about my garden part that has the weeds on my tongue, it's a butterfly garden. What are you talking about? <laughs> it's but an at butterfly garden. Point, I, I <laughs> probably have um, 18 to 20 species that are regulars. Uh, depending on the season and then others that fly through and of course you also get snakes and worms and centipedes and things like that um, because your garden can support it that's so true <laughs> next i have a butterfly i have a butterfly garden <laughs> <laughs> i love it so I'm taking our picture guys so like nobody do you know that. Wait, oh my God, we're not prepared for camera today. No, you look at, where's Bubba? Rosa? I'm, I'm at work. Oh, okay. I thought Bubba might join us. Okay, so, Bubba might join us. okay so, so we'll cut that out. <laughs> we will cut that out. Um, we will edit that for sure. But um, there will be no Bubba we'll do a countdown. <laughs> we don't want anyone to know we're taking a picture, right? So uh, we'll do a countdown and then we'll we'll pick it up. Ready? Three. Bye. Okay, three, two, one. Okay, so Rosa, we always like to always ask um some questions because we want people to get to know you on a personal level. So where did you grow up? Raised in Miami. I love this city. Miami girl at heart. <laughs> I'm a Miami girl too. I'm from Hialeah, <laughs> so definitely Miami. We'll give you credit. We'll give you credit. <laughs> we'll give me credit. Miami Hialeah. <laughs> well, Hialeah Gardens. How about that? <laughs> that used to be like the Miami Lakes <laughs> of Hialeah. We've come a long way. Maddie's in Port St. Lucie, by the way. I, I know you ladies know that. Um, but yes, Maddie is in Port St. Lucie. She's in between everything the whole latin spice but um so rosa what was your childhood like growing up uh i am the youngest of uh three my siblings were um older my brother was 10 years older my sister's eight years older um and so if you ask my brother and my sister I got away with everything because my parents were tired. Um, <laughs> I, I don't think I did, <laughs> but um, it, it was a very different Miami. Uh, when I was little, we lived in a neighborhood that was a transitional neighborhood. It was transitioning from being uh, an Anglo neighborhood to having a lot of um, young Cuban families. And so, you know, you, I had experiences that my child will never have, never had, because um, if you wanted to play hide and seek, there were like 30 kids that you could play with. There, there was always a pool of 
somebody to um, fly a kite with, you know, whatever these things. And you you played outside. Um, and then you knew uh, if the neighbor's kid was getting called in, it was super <laughs> to go. <laughs> that was, that was getting called in. And if and if you did something wrong at one end of the block, by the time you got home, your mother already had the story of what it is that you had done. Those were awesome days. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. uh, you know, very um, I don't know, like the, it would be like the, the Cuban hallmark. <laughs> I love that. Experience. Um, and then we moved down south to what was then the Redlands. Um, before there was a turnpike down south. And uh, that was, um, for me, it was great for my brother and sister who felt very isolated from their friends. Um, so we didn't, we, we, we ended up um, putting the house up for rent because they, they hated being down there. But it was great because you played in the woods and you, and there were lemon groves and, and you know, things that, um, again, are not your childhood now. Um, so I, I went to a lot of different elementary schools um, my father was, um, you know, he'd come home and say, oh, by the way, I sold the house. Oh, no. <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't know it was for sale. Uh, so, you know, moved a lot, but always within Miami and generally within a relatively close proximity. That sounds fun. The Redlands are, there's still a place that I would live right now. I love the Redlands. That's one of my favorite places in Miami. My mom lives near it, not in it, but close enough. So I love when I go down there on the weekends and just kind of go to the big farms and all the, the like the lemon groves, the orange groves. They have so much um, fun stuff in that area. Again, I would move there if I could right now. <laughs> very beautiful area. It. Mm -hmm. it felt very free, very open. Yeah, definitely. So that's interesting, Rose. I'm glad you shared that with us. Now, um, I want to know how... How did you get into the workers' comp industry? How did that come about? Um, nothing that I planned for, nothing that I knew about. Um, I think that my mother was the original risk manager. Oh. And she was almost psychic because she knew you were going to do something wrong before you... <laughs> Um, I love her so much. Oh my God. And so, um, you know, if you went to the beach, she laid it out. This is what we're going to do. And this is where you can go. And, you know, these are your limits and, and whatever. If we went to Venetian pool. This is what you're going to do. This is where you're going to go, whatever. Look out for this kind of person. And why are you talking to that kind of person? You know, so she, she, kind of like oriented you through all of these experiences. Um, and so I was working for the Y and running programs for them. And um, at one point I had all of the North, which included Hialeah and, and, and North Dade. And so I had um, 
the largest after school program. I had huge camps and I had no accidents, no litigation at a time where the Y was, was getting sued quite frequently for all kinds of issues, molestation, severe accidents. And so um, they wanted to know what it is that I was doing, you know, what, what was different. And so when I was planning for summer field trips and things like that, I would take the staff that I hired and said, and, and I did, you know, the Christina Royo plan. Okay, we're at Venetian. <laughs> the, this is the locker room. This is the one exit. This is the beach. These are the caves. This is where you're going to get in trouble. This is whatever, it, you know. So um, I, I started out doing training, not that I knew that I was doing safety training or whatever. I was just training on how I... How your mom trained you, how you had to, yeah. yeah. So, um, and then they, they had some really catastrophic accidents and they decided that, uh, they needed a risk manager. Uh, and I, I did not know what, what that really was. And, um, you know, back in the day, you didn't have all the opportunities for Google and stuff like that. So I did right. very little research into the position. And um, I uh, put in for it and I got the number two um, position and the number one person, um, the wife said she wasn't moving here. <laughs> so they reopened uh, the position and I, and I got the position and I started to do uh, risk management and um, uh, joined RIMS because I, I needed to, so I was a founding member of the Miami chapter. Wow. Um, needed to figure out what this was all about. And, I, and I've told this story a million times, but I will always be grateful um, because I figured that McDonald's knows everything. And so I called their risk manager and whoever answered and I said, listen, I just got this job. I really don't know what I'm supposed to do. And um, very quickly said, you need to get in touch with, and that's how I found rims and, and stuff. They, you know, you, you need to do this. You need to do this. You need to do this. It was like a 15 minute conversation, but you know, and I, and I wish that I had retained the person's information, but you know, thank you. Thank you for, you know, um, giving me uh, a career opportunities. And then um, when I left the Y, you know, I was trying to figure out which direction to go because I used to, uh, at one point I took over their HR also. So as director of risk and HR, and there were infinitely more possibilities on the HR side, but I really enjoyed the risk side. So I was fortunate that um, uh, my first interview was with the school system, and um, I um, it's going to be 19 years. Wow, that's a pretty interesting story, and I love how you relate that back to your mom. It makes sense now when you look at it that way, right? Like our moms know, like, and that's me as a mom. I'm always like, always preparing for the worst. <laughs> and like, 
okay, you have to make sure you don't do this, you do this. And it's like, I never thought about it, Rosa, that way until today. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> what do you think has been your most significant, you know, impact that you've made in your role today in these 19 years that you've been working for Miami-Dade? Um, I would like to think that whatever contribution I've made to the industry has helped improve this industry because uh, it's an industry that that needs an injection of humanity from from time to time. Um, I I know that I have touched individuals and um you know I don't I don't really know Mari that any that anybody it's not that's not something that appears on a bottom line that's but true. um I have helped people that's whether the most important part. find another job or retrain for something or sometimes leaving is the best option for them and, and, and helping them figure that out and, and, and help them plan for that next phase. Um, hopefully always with kindness and sincerity. Um, but quite honestly, I, I, lately, I'm very aware of the fact that, that all of these people have, have touched me and made a huge impact on, on, on who I am on my life. I, I love that, Rosa. Ever since I met you for the first time, and Isabel, you know this, I've always think, I think you're a very special woman. I think you're very special, the way that you run your program. I've always looked up to you, and I've always used you as an example when I talk to people. You are a leader in, in making an impact in this industry, and a lot now a lot of more people are thinking about you know, yeah. putting the patient first, but you've always put the patient first. You've always put your people first. It's not new to you. Um, it might be new to other people, but that's something that I've learned from you. And I, I've always looked up to you for that and always shared like, why can they be like Miami Dade schools? Why can you have a program like them? You know, why, why can you care like Rosa, but not everybody's Rosa. So I definitely love everything that you do. And I'm very inspired by you and, and look up to you very much. And I'm sure everyone here as well does. Well, thank you. Thank you. It's a community partnership. You, you don't have anybody that succeeds at anything uh, alone. That's so true. That's very true. Um, what do you think? I'm sorry, Annalise, you were going to ask something. I'll stay quiet. No, I was just going to say a few years ago, we sponsored a, a we had done an event with, with Rosa for the, it was a rebuild, the rebuilding me um, program that you have. And I remember and it was just for a small group of people, but I remember how happy and you could see the difference that just by starting that program, the difference in actually wanting to come to work, actually wanting to be there. And so there are a lot of programs that people may not know, but that you you've put together that really do make a, a significant impact in, in the day to day lives. So it's true. What Mari said, just piggybacking off of her, um, you know, it is, it, it's good to see that, um, that love, not, you don't do it because Natural. it's your job, it's, it's natural. natural to you, it's, you love it, so 
um we definitely wish there were more people like that <laughs> definitely you have, a, you have a warmth that i think everybody picks up on immediately i think authenticity is yeah. the word when, when you speak it's like that old ea Putin commercial um people they shut up and they listen they listen yes you you really um you just have it's like you want to hear everything that rosa has to say that's so true. <laughs> Rosa, what's one thing you wish you would have known, though, in the beginning of your career? Um, I wish that I would have taken more chances, um, more risks, and um had more confidence in what I could bring to the table. And I don't know if that is part of being female or just unique to my thinking or whatever, but um you know, you look at somebody else and you go, oh my God, how did that person get there. And a lot of times it's not necessarily just merit, but it's that willingness to take the risk. Um, and um, I think that is, as women, we don't take that shot as often, particularly when we get into um, childbearing or mortgage or something we're, you know we're nest builders and so it's tough to leave the nest you know for for the <laughs> that's so true that's very true i think it's a combination of both like a common i i feel like we're in this like we're put in this earth with the i believe in destiny <laughs> if that makes any sense so i know that everything that happens to us and all the challenges we go through we're meant to go through them even if we don't think they're the right challenges, but I think we all get those, or I call them gifts. They're gifts that we're given to go through those challenges, to overcome, to get to where we are. So you had to go that route to get to where you are today, no matter what. Even if we really look back and say, oh, I wish I could have done this different, but I think we had to go through it that way to make us who we are today. And we're still learning and we're still growing, I believe. So everything that's happening, there's gonna be a purpose at the end for it. It's not a, I don't view it as a regret kind of right. because no. um, I'm very comfortable and I have um, I really enjoy what I'm doing. So I'm, I'm at, I'm at a good place. Right. It's a place yeah. where you're meant to be. Yeah. We all have a lot of roads we could have taken. Right. Um, like I can't see you any other place but there <laughs> and I love it <laughs> when you started your career Rosa I know that you mentioned you know you didn't know what what you were getting yourself into fast forward to today if what advice would you give someone wanting to pursue a career that's similar to yours I think that there are so many opportunities um in the whole insurance workers comp arena and 
you know, kids coming out of school don't even know that this exists. It's true. And huge opportunities to do really interesting things. Um, you know, again, beyond the, the work comp side, but the whole loss prevention side, the claims management, the brokerage side, there are a lot of opportunities to um, to have a good career. So I, I think as an industry, we probably have a, a, a much better job to do to really promote what it is that we do. I agree with you, Rosa. Did, did you have a mentor when you started in your career or do you have a mentor now? I did not uh, and I don't and 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 if anybody wants to volunteer and you should be a mentor if anybody wants to volunteer uh, <laughs> you you're know, taking um, I think you should so be a mentor I, um, I, I think that it's great that we now think that way that that wasn't the thinking uh at the time um and we have so much more knowledge now about self-branding and and all of the things that i don't do any of um <laughs> yeah, you know isa's trying they've been trying to get me to do this interview i was just gonna say that <laughs> this wasn't easy to get you here we have to force you and we're not done with you we have some more stuff but we're taking it easy on you for today yeah. <laughs> you definitely um have everything you check all the right boxes for mentoring and i think you would make an amazing mentor um definitely someone with such of your knowledge should be mentoring i at least i'm gonna recommend you <laughs> i know a couple of people <laughs> I, I honestly, I don't think I would be the right person because you, you, you want somebody, I think that's a little more linear in setting a path and, and my, that's not how I think. <laughs> but not everybody's that way, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not even that. another day and night. I'm another. I probably would be more in line with you, Rosa, than I would be having it. I'm a, I'm a zigzag. I'm that, that I was going to say, I'm, I'm, I'm a zigzagger. Yeah, that's me. That's you. Rosa, how would you describe your leadership style for those that are listening? For me, I want to find somebody who wants to learn, who has drive, who has passion, who has interest. Um, this work is very learnable. Yeah. So you, you can take somebody who doesn't know anything about the work, and if they have those attributes and they want to learn, um, that's great. And then once I bring in somebody who's talented, who is learning the job, then I kind of like to leave them alone and let them do what the job is. Yeah. I, I don't like micromanaging. If I ask you to do something, I expect it done. If I have to go looking for it, then we're going to have an issue. Right. 
What has been one of the most difficult decisions that you've had to make as a leader? Um, very, very early on when I started working and managing people, I had a really good team and we were all basically the same age. Um, and I had to cut somebody off of my, from my staff. We, we, we had to, um, a, a reduction in force. And so I had to sit with people who, who I enjoyed with whom I spent time off of work. Uh, we were very close. We would all go camping together and, and do all kinds of stuff. And I had to let somebody go. And, um, you know, lessons, lessons learned uh, about hiring, uh, firing people, you know, it's part of managing. Yeah, that's so true. That's always hard. Definitely hard. And so good lessons that we learn through leadership and not easy ones either. What do you think has been your biggest professional accomplishment to date? Uh, she's adjusting herself guys <laughs> I, I don't know that I have an answer for that. that's okay uh, I'm sure you do this you can edit this part I, I mean, can edit right I, I feel pretty accomplished that I woke up got dressed and got here oh, uh, that's right you know, my, my standards are, are pretty low again I, I, that, I don't know that you won't be mentoring anybody <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> no, I, you know what? I I think I have had um some recognition local, national for some of the things that I've been able to innovate that again have made um a difference to either the school system because we've managed to save money without taking anything from anybody just by you know better management or getting somebody better health or more timely care all of those things so to me um you know maybe i never made it to the olympics but um, <laughs> you know that's that's i feel accomplished oh you're very accomplished yeah, i can i don't have the list with me but there's a lot of awards that has rose's name on <laughs> and a lot of articles and a lot of recognitions that i've seen out there so you're very, very accomplished true, very true <laughs> i know annalise wanted to ask you a question next i'm next no <laughs> um i know with work work could get busy and and sometimes we find it hard to balance the two and juggle how do you balance your work life and then your home life? I think that I've always been pretty good about um, what happens at work stays at work. Uh, I, I wasn't particularly good at balancing anything. I tend to stay late in the office. I think over the last um, two and a half, three years, I've done a better job because 
there are parts of me that are very important to me that I wasn't paying attention to. Um, and not doing a phenomenal job, but doing a better job of, of making sure that I'm injecting those things in my life. Um, you know, if you were on with me during the pandemic, um, for the most part, I worked out of my art studio, which unfortunately meant that I didn't want to be there for 10 hours working and then turn around and, and, and do art. Um, but I do have my studio and I, I've started working again, uh, painting, cutting glass, um, trying to teach myself guitar somewhat slowly, uh, <laughs> but, um, I, I think guitars are like tattoos because all of a sudden you have to have, you know, you can barely play, you know, twinkle, twinkle but you got to have, you know, three or four guitars uh, and a banjo. So, uh, you know, I'm trying. We're going to remember this, you know, about the banjos and the guitars. So, <laughs> yeah, we, we may be doing another podcast with that. So, <laughs> and um, one of the things that we did just so that we could, you know, it, it, exercise a little bit more in our family pool but it's it's turned out to be nice because um we put in a pool heater oh nice doesn't seem like a big deal but i can come home now late at night and and turn it on and we can get in the pool which used to be saved for like the weekend and oh but it rained on the weekend and stuff like that um and we may get a lot of daytime rain, but not necessarily nighttime. So last night we were in the pool as a family, not only exercising, but you could see, I think it was Venus and Mercury and stuff. And so we were arguing like we knew what we were talking about. Uh, it was probably a helicopter or something, but <laughs> we thought we were looking at, at Venus and Mercury um, in the Southwest sky. And it's been really nice. I love that. We do that too at home. We I use the pool a lot as my exercise. So like when I'm done now, it's changing a little bit because I don't have the heater. So I, it's it used to stay really warm throughout the day, but now you know here in Portland this season, the temperature is changing a little bit. It's not as hot. It's still not cold or anything. But I that was one of my favorite. I would just be done with work and get into the pool and just walking, running, you know, swimming. It just really is some good exercise. I love that. I that's one of my favorite methods of exercising and just. I, I can tell you, Mari, that Heather was like, "Why are we doing this? Why are we doing this?" And the, and it's not cheap. <laughs> no, it's not. I don't have one. <laughs> um, everybody's like, "Oh my God, this is so worth it." The <laughs> first night that we got in there, because even when it's very hot during the day. The, it loses heat very quickly mm -hmm. so at night. And if there's a wind and stuff, you, you really don't want to get in there, but we have it set on 95. And so <laughs> we're, yeah, our, our electric bill is <laughs> between my keeping the air conditioner at 61 and the pool at 95. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Um, I would think um, you would like the pool cold, but I get it. It's not fun when the pool's cold. Well, but you know, when you when you first get in, it's not inviting if it's no, cold. at all. And so, and 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 with all the rain during the day and stuff, and we've had record rain the last year. So, yeah. the first time we turned it on, and it was kind of chilly, and Griffin and I realized that we were doing like the manatees that gather outside of the uh, electric <laughs> because where the water was we were just kind of like floating there <laughs> what are you doing and we're like we're manateeing <laughs> in our house that's a verb um, so uh it, it's great and it gives you you know you can be in there till like nine o'clock at night and you don't get cold no, it's amazing. I love that. I haven't gotten into my pool. We changed it up now. It's been almost like two and a half weeks that we haven't gotten in the pool, but now we're going hiking in the evenings. I have a park nearby. It's just, but now, and Elise just reminded me earlier, she's like, that's going to end for you because of the daytime, the change in time. It's going to get dark soon. I'm like, no, yeah. my pool is gone because of the weather and now my hiking. So I'm dancing. Get a heater. Get a heater. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to definitely talk to Ozzy about that. <laughs> no more hiking, no more swimming, unless you get the heater. Mari has a swimming nickname. Rosa, do you have one? I do, Rosa. A what? A, her, she'll, her and Sam swim in the <laughs> evening, as she mentioned. Sam, her daughter, you know Sam. Huh? Sam is a Sammy the Salmon. Sammy the Salmon. <laughs> and Mari, Mari, what's your swimming nickname mm -hmm. again? Moon, the money, yeah, moon. <laughs> oh, so, Rosa, you have to come up with your nicknames for, for all three of you. <laughs> yeah, she can't call me by any other name while we're in the pool. She has to call me Moon, and I call her Sammy the Salmon. <laughs> we have, have a lot of fun while we're there. <laughs> I've always had sort of a very serious look, which it's just the way that that I look. So. <laughs> Very few people have given me a nickname <laughs> <laughs> that, that they could call me to my face. Thank you. <laughs> well, you need to come up with one. So while you're swimming, you tell them that's the name you have to call me while I'm in here. <laughs> I have it's not, so much it's, fun it's not necessarily relaxing. I, I, it is, it's not. It was about the question was work life balance. <laughs> relaxing. Our, our dogs have the. <laughs> was not kind to the dogs so they're both topping 90 pounds wow um and so we've gotten one to swim kind of voluntarily if he if he sees griffin in the water he assumes that he can uh swim somehow he can't swim if griffin's not in the pool um and the other one can't swim she is she's very long uh, she's a pit bull, and so she has. She looks exactly like a hippopotamus, and like a hippopotamus, <laughs> she sinks straight to the bottom. So we've given her a uh, flotation device that she wears, and then Griffin carries her into the pool, and we're trying to get them exercise time. So it's not necessarily a relaxing. Uh, come up with a nickname. Aquatic therapy. Yes. It's more like aquatic battle. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. I think it's an for me, it's the best time. And, and that's an awesome way to balance <laughs> work and life. 
Rosa, if you could um, tell us what would be, if you had one superpower, what do you think that superpower, what would you want it to be? I'd fly. You fly. <laughs> I love it. Pretty fast with that answer too. Usually, you know, why would you want to fly? Just out of curiosity. Yeah. Oh, I think that that is like the neatest thing. That is, I didn't have to think about that twice because it's something that I've always wanted to, to do. Uh, when I was a kid in my dreams, I flew all the time. Um, I just think it's really, really cool. And I, I've had the opportunity to hang glide and pilot a helicopter and, and, and things like that. I, I would definitely fly. Would you ever go skydiving? I actually um, was given a certificate for Christmas one year ago. And um, my sister got one at the same time and we didn't coordinate it and blah, 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 blah. And then the brother of one of my staff died in a, in a skydiving accident. The whole plane went down, um, yeah. got around to it, but absolutely. We're going to go skydiving with you, Rosa. <laughs> Marty first. Marty, first. Oh, I'm terrified. I'm terrified of flying. When I fly, I have to be medicated to fly. I travel a lot. And I love traveling, but I do not like flying. So it's never gonna catch me on that. <laughs> not She's first, Rosa. Off the plane she goes. <laughs> Rosa, I have another interesting question for you. If money was no object, right, in the world, what would you how how would you want to spend your life? What would be something that you would be doing that would be really meaningful to you? Um, just having failed at winning the seven hundred million dollar Powerball, <laughs> um, I would be living on a beach somewhere. Um, I did have the house. Tell them about the house and the key. <laughs> Actually, no. Uh, it would probably be either Sanibel or Fort Myers Beach, which we've we've talked about forever because I love the Keys, but there's no beach where I could walk. And you I would stay in Florida. To walk on the beach, uh, either in the morning or the afternoon, um, and uh, paint, play music, spend time with family, travel. And you would stay in Florida for that. You wouldn't want to be somewhere else. Um, Tuscany, Tuscany. Money is no object. You have well, all it, the it, money and I, health in the world. I, I get that, and <laughs> I have picked out properties in Greece. Don't don't think that <laughs> unique to, um, you know, just Florida. There was a beautiful property that I fell in love with outside of Taos, New Mexico. Nice. That was just incredible it was a sheep farm but they had um you could see the um sangre de cristo mountains behind oh, yeah. it, the southern rockies and there was snow cap and uh quaking aspen all over with you know the yellow blooms and a brook and i was ready to move yeah. in and, and and it's wasted on sheep uh, <laughs> Uh, you know, so there there are places all over the world, and and there was a time where um, in my life I was ready to live anywhere. 
Uh, I, and there are still places where I could very easily drop in and, and spend a lot of time. But I think that being close to wherever my family is uh, at this juncture in my life is, is much more important to me. I agree with you. Definitely family is everything. If <laughs> I'm asking all these fun questions to you now, I hope we're still friends after this. <laughs> um, do you think you could live without your phone, your smartphone, or, or technology for 24 hours? For 24 years. <laughs> I love it. I know, right? <laughs> I just love to ask that question. I just like to hear people's response. <laughs> Rosa, this has been amazing. I hope we're still friends. I hope you're still talking to us. I think you did an amazing and we want to know more. It about depends on what it depends on what you <laughs> what the final product. <laughs> this is the final product. <laughs> this is unfiltered. <laughs> Just fun. This podcast is a conversation of fun podcast. Um, I no, I love that, that you were hitting the delete <laughs> button with some frequency. <laughs> no, no deleting here. On no. part two of Rosa's podcast, she's going to come. She's going to give us her right. um, nickname for her okay. swimming pool. She's going to play the guitar <laughs> for us and the banjo. banjo. Um, what else? There's so much. She's going to come back with a, an, another treasure chest of interesting facts <laughs> what, I, I will volunteer for part two for <laughs> 30. good and a butterfly garden in, to in show 20, us 30 i'll i'll no you said 20 i didn't catch that part i didn't hear that part. No, no, that's, that's too, no 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 donna's <laughs> waiting for you for her interview donna's yeah, gonna interview no, no. need you in a couple we days i want to see the butterfly garden with all the weeds and we need a picture of you in the butterfly garden <laughs> I, I i will tell you that the one thing that i miss is as i faced out where i was sitting before in my studio and um just what was going by the window at any given point. Mm. Really neat. Um, it, it's hard not to have a, a good day when you've got all of this. Um, and butterflies are spunky and they're aggressive and they challenge you. They're territorial. So they, <laughs> they want to know why you're standing near their plant, near, yeah. near their, their thing kind of. So it's really cool. I do miss that. Well, part two, we want to see a picture of it. Yeah. <laughs> She'll have to give you a picture, Donna, when you interview her. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'll have to get out there with the machete a little bit. <laughs> I'll be the picture with you in the machete. <laughs> yes, yeah. No, you, you definitely, that would be really cute. That would be the headline, her picture. Her yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would like that. With, like, with Heather is, clapping in the back, <laughs> yay, something's getting cut. What is <laughs> doing? What type of... Leader is Rosa. Who is she? Let's research. Yeah. No, people people would look at that and go, what is you she? You want to know Rosa with a machete. <laughs> I love it, ladies. Thank There's you. Rosa this is really fun. Machete. <laughs> machete. <laughs> this has been really fun. Thank you um, for being part of this and sharing your story with us. Um, I really appreciate it. Um, Annalise, anything else? No, thank you so much for, for coming on and sharing your expertise with us. And we hope to bring you back for another another round. And thank you, ladies, Isa, Donna, Madi, and Rosa. Um, and if you're still listening, thank you to our listeners. We <laughs> hope that you learned something new about Donna. 
Um, I'm sure you could connect Donna? Did you say you said Rosa. Donna? Rosa. And Rosa, what did I say? You said Donna. You know what? It's because Donna, I love Donna, right? So Donna's always on all the podcasts and stuff. Oh, that's I'm so used to seeing Donna, but did I say <laughs> that? You. I'm going crazy. But um, Rosa, thank you again. We really appreciate you coming on with us and, and joining us. And we will definitely bring you back for part two. And then we'll get going. Oh, thank you. Thank you, ladies, for thinking of me and, and for thinking that anything that I'm doing is special. I appreciate it. <laughs> that Isa, you're still in trouble. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, I noticed that Isa was on mute most of the time there, like almost trying to be like, you know, I'm not really here. I'm just kind of <laughs> my moment. So I wanted for her to get, you know, that spotlight. That it is her oh, For our listeners, we're going to say bye to our listeners. Bye, listeners. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye, guys. Until next.